Hello listeners, welcome back to the Founders Club podcast. This episode is a special from the usual one. In fact, I get to be the guest and uh, the host is Leonardo Mara from the International Business Podcast. In fact, I got to get interview on his podcast and talk about education, AI and more broadly, my experience as a co-founder in a startup at Edugo. So please enjoy this wide-range conversation and don't forget to follow his podcast. Hello there. Welcome to the International Business Podcast. I'm your host, Leonardo Marra, but let's make it simple and just call me Leo. In this podcast, I share my experiences and interview international professionals to draw lessons from the real-life stories. Coming up on today's episode. I think that's one of the reasons that everybody should join a startup because the, the learning curve is exponential and you learn a lot of skills, you, you wear a lot of hats. Giorgio is co-founder and COO of edugo.ai, tech startup that helps private language and international schools to digitalize. In this episode, we discuss what is the role of AI in education and opportunities and threats brought by digitalization. Giorgio is also the host of the Founders Club podcast. In the show notes, you can find links to all his pages. Check it out. Now, let's jump into it. Hi, Giorgio. I'm glad to have you on. Welcome to the show. How is it going? Hello, Leonardo. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast. All is going fine. Thanks. Great, great, Giorgio. It's good to have you on. And I want to ask you this. Why would you define yourself as an international businessman? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I guess uh, we have to go back to my education. So in, I study languages in my bachelor degree. Why I did this? Because I wanted to be in an environment where I can communicate with people who, are, who have a different culture, a different background, and communicate with their languages. And after finishing my uh, bachelor, I was still not satisfied, and I was looking for something more. And that led me to do a master's degree, which was uh, in two, two years master's degree. And we had to go like in three different countries for two years, which was at the time uh, France, Italy. And the second year, uh, we had the chance to choose between uh, China, Brazil, Mexico, Russia. And I was like, oh, I want to go to China because it's uh, so complex, but also so much uh, I don't know about this place. And I want to go there and learn uh, the skills of how to do business in that environment. And that's my story of uh, being in China and uh, operating in that environment. So I learned so much that I could consider myself a businessman as long as, I think everybody can consider themselves a businessman as long as they do operate in an environment where they have to interact with different cultures, different people, and speak to some degree their languages, or a third language, or a second language. And how many languages do you speak, Georgia? Um, I think it's, well, it uh, depends what you mean by speak. Uh, if you mean fluently, two or three, I would say, but then I've learned other languages beside those just for fun and to be able to interact with people, friends that I had. You are a co-founder of a startup, and I would like to know, why did you join a startup and what lessons have you learned through your journey as a co-founder? 
Oh, well, that's a really interesting question. I've also asked myself, what the hell I did that? <laughs> and uh, I came uh, later on to give an answer to myself. Why I decided to join a startup? Well, the reason was because I always wanted to operate in a dynamic environment. And uh, after I arrived in Shanghai, two months after, I was actively seeking a place where I can uh, do this. And it happened at the time to meet another guy, an Italian guy that was working on this project, developing uh, technology for learning uh, languages, more specifically learning Chinese, and introduced me to the project, the vision he had. I was like, oh, wow, that sounds very cool. I want, I want to join in because what I wanted also is to increase my, the learning speed. And I think that's one of the reasons that everybody should join a startup because the, the learning curve is exponential. And you learn a lot of skills, you, you wear a lot of hats, and going back to your questions, what are some of the lessons I've learned? In every startup, uh, I think there are like two main stages. One is a pre-product market fit and one is a, a post-product market fit. And both uh, these stages are, are determined by your ability to talk with your, uh, your customers. And I learned this lesson during, during this, uh, when I joined the startup. And I want to tell a story actually. Uh, we were we were actively going outside and engaging with uh, the possible users that we were targeting, which was international students at the time, from whom we were trying to build this technology. And our office was uh, near Jiaotong University in Shuhui District. And every day we're going to the Starbucks. Actually, we call this methodology the method, uh, Starbucks methodology. We're going there and approaching foreigners and start to ask them, hey, would you like to do a demo with our product? And then uh, we'll ask you some questions and uh, you'll give us some feedback. And by doing this almost uh, every day, we're doing this, you know, to gather more feedback as much as possible. And uh, I met, we met one girl uh, at the time she was studying there Chinese. And after she agreed to do this demo, we asked some questions. And one of them was, would you use this product uh, yourself to learn Chinese? She was like, um, I don't think I would use it because I'm ready. I have a teacher. I'm going to university. I have a book. And it was like, okay, that's a cold shower for us. <laughs> we build this technology for students. But it seems like they are not interested in what we're building. It's not solving their problem. But she said, actually, but my husband, who is actually an engineer, doesn't have time to go to university, will be really, probably will be really interested to try this technology. And uh, that was a pivotal moment for us by talking with uh, these users to learn that actually people we should target were not anymore students, but actually professionals who didn't have time to go to schools uh, or university and spend four hours in a class to learn Chinese. Like me. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's one of the lessons uh, that I've learned, like uh, the importance of talking with your customers, especially when you try to identify the problem. I think there was a famous quote uh, by Henry Ford says, you don't, if I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said uh, faster horses. So it's, it's really important when a founder, you talk with your users is to try to understand their problem, empathize with the problem, but not to ask the, the, for the solution to your users. That it's up to you to find it and to build the solution and then validate it uh, quantitatively and qualitatively. So those are, those are like a uh, few lessons I've learned along the way. So going to Starbucks is really important. Wouldn't you say so? 
Yeah, and offer coffee to the people. <laughs> and I would say, yeah, yeah. The lesson here is people, you must drink coffee because coffee is good for you and for the people around you. Exactly. It's amazing. So, Giorgio, how much do you value the importance of speaking foreign languages in the international business world? I may be biased to some degree because, you know, I'm developing an app. I, I spend my university, three years in university learning languages. Beside that, I'll give my, I try to give an unbiased answer. I think it's really important and it depends also which languages. Uh, if we have to take an account to like English, for instance, it's definitely, you cannot do business without being able to communicate. I'm not saying fluently, but, you know, have a good uh, skills in communicating with this language, either being any kind, any part of the world, because that's the, the language of the business. But if you are, in, if you want, if we want to narrow it down and uh, look about Chinese, let's say, how it's important to speak Chinese in China, I think it depends to for whom and for what purposes. So if you are a student or you're just spending some time in China to discover a little bit the culture, obviously it's not that you are going to be fluent in one year or a few months. You have to spend a lot of time. But if you're a businessman and you're planning to spend more time in China and uh, you know build a career over there, I think being able to have really good Chinese language skills will, will be an asset that will help you not only in the business, but also to understand uh, the culture, understand the people. Because at the end of the day, language is the vehicle through which you understand the culture of a, of a country. And let's get to AI right now, Giorgio. How can AI transform the way we teach? Big question, big question here. That's a big question. I think we, we need to look back to the educational system that we inherited. So if you look back, we, what we inherited, it's an industrial education system built by factory owners, which needed more compliant workers in the factory. And, and this worked well for a very long time. If you think about it, you were told what to learn, when to learn, where to learn it, and then after you'll finish, you'll get a certificate that will prove that you've learned this and you'll go back, you'll get a job and then you'll buy more things, you know, and there's like a cycle. But in the, what we noticed that in the last 10, 20 years, this kind of cycle is it's something is broken. And we realized that uh, nobody's learning nothing against their will uh, anymore, right? So if you're put in front of the class and you have to learn this and that, Obviously, after you'll do the test, you'll forget everything. And let's take an account like uh, languages. Like when we were in high school and trying to learn uh, English, not many people succeeded to uh, actually acquiring that uh, language knowledge. Few of them, right? Especially in Italy, I would say so, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, if we want to take that example. <laughs> yeah. We can say that. You know, Giorgio, Leonardo. So yeah, we're from Italy, both of us. I actually, my English is not that I've learned in school. I've learned because I had the chance to talk with a lot of American friends who were coming here in Tuscany and, uh, you know, interacting face to face. That, that was the incentive for me. And uh, going back to, to how AI can, um, what role can play in education and drawing from an example what we're doing right now, I think it can 
play a huge role. But what we have to seek is enrollment from, uh, from people and the willingness from them to, to open up to failure. Enrollment and the, what AI will actually uh, will have to do is to personalize education for every, every student. If we have to just think about languages, everyone has the ability, wants to learn something, it has to be specialized, it has to be personalized to their own needs. So if, for instance, you are a sales guy in China, you maybe need to learn not apples and bananas, what you can learn on Duolingo, which is the same for everybody, but maybe you need some more technical terms. And here, uh, AI can play a, a huge role to give you uh, personalized feedback and personalized uh, instructions on a learning path or a personalized curriculum, I would say. And that's what we are actually doing right now in, uh, with our little app. <laughs> When people hear the word AI, most people are scared of it. So my question to you, Giorgio, is this. Why do many people fear AI and what can be done about it? I think one of the reasons that uh, people fear AI or in general technology that has the possibility to disrupt the narrative that we are uh, telling ourselves, which to some degree may be true, to some degree maybe not, but we are building algorithms that will be able to replace humans in many tasks and automate many processes. So just to give an example, taking account like truck drivers or any other jobs that are automated ai basically are taking over those jobs and people what is called this is causing a massive disruption and all, many people are pushed out of the job market i think this is one of the fear people will lose their job that will be replaced by some algorithm that will do those jobs better than they do it so what we can do it about it it's i think it goes back to To, what, to asking ourselves what job AI will not be able to perform and we humans uh, will be able to do better. And this begs the questions like to how fast you can learn new skills, how fast you can um, develop the skill to reinvent yourself as a human being or reinvent yourself to be adaptable to the new, to the new market changes that is happening. And I think that's the skill to reinvent yourself and learn new things would be really pivotal for, uh, for us to fear less. So fear, but also it has to be an incentive, create a sense of urgency to learn new things or able to have an open mentality and uh, be ready to learn something new, to adapt and thrive. And why is Shanghai a good hub to develop and grow startups? Why is it a good platform to build the future? I'm not just talking about education, but why do you feel that this is the place to be? Shanghai, China, Shenzhen are the new Silicon Valley. And I think one of the reasons is because there is a very active community and there is a very strong incentive from the government as well to push many startups that not only dealing with AI, but in, in different areas, Internet of Things or you, you name it. Aggregating together this community, incentivizing them to building technology. And as you know, Shanghai is a city that everything is changing fast. China, by definition, is, is a country that it's really open to embrace new technology and uh, to face changes that are happening at scale, not only in just one part. 
I've got one final question, Giorgio, a question that I ask everyone who comes on the show, and that is... I'm ready. Tell us about one memorable moment from your international career, the most successful, the funniest, the most catastrophic episode, your pick. A moment that was half, half funny and half catastrophic, I would say. I'm interested now. <laughs> So uh, I think it was a year ago, something like that. We've been invited to another uh, city. If I remember correctly, it was Hangzhou. We invited to meet um, with an investor. So he was interested in our technology. He said, okay, reach me to my office in Hangzhou and uh, you guys do a demo and a pitch. And I want, I'm interested in maybe to invest in your company or to support you somehow. I was like, oh, that's great. We booked the tickets. But as you may know, uh, in Shanghai, you can book the tickets, but you cannot buy them online. You have to go actually to the train station. Our advisor was like, okay, guys, I'll come with you. Okay, okay, sure, come with us. We, we arrived there, we were waiting in line, but he was like, oh, guys, I'm having some problem with a taxi. Can you wait for me? I was like, yeah, sure. And what we end up doing is uh, we lost the train. <laughs> and it was like, we were like panic, totally panic. What do you guys what do we do now? Uh, okay, let's call him and tell him, can we postpone the meeting for one hour later? We'll take a catch another train. So, so we did. The meeting was successful. We arrived there at the pitch. He was really impressed. And we had to catch the train back to another train back to Shanghai. And this is actually the last train back to Shanghai. <laughs> we arrived at the station. was like, guy, we cannot lose the train this time. We're all, all set. And we like, 30 minutes before the departure of the train. So I was like, okay, we're super hungry. Let's sit down and have some noodles. And we are so into the, we're so much into the conversation that we forgot to check the time. <laughs> and at some point I look at the time, I was like, oh damn. We're like, for two minutes we lost the train. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was like a memorable and really crazy story. We lost the train two, two times on the way to go and on the way to come back. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. I love this story. Before we go, who should connect with you, Giorgio? I think I'm I'm pretty open to anybody who's interested in startup and international business or have uh, an open mind. Giorgio, I want to thank you for your insights. Thank you for joining us on the International Business Podcast. Thank you for having me. It was amazing. Subscribe today to listen to more international business stories, guests coming on the show every Monday. Do not forget to connect with me on LinkedIn. You can find the link in the show notes. I'll speak with you again on the next episode.